0: Matthew 18, beginning to read at verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times. But seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold To repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers and to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you. Unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Thank you. That's fantastic. Um,
1: it's a breathtaking, amazing story. A parable spoken by Jesus. Peter came up and stamped him, said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I, I, I forgive him as many as seven times. So something already happened there. So it's a a part of conversation. Uh, Jesus being, continuing, is already started. In between, Jesus is talking about forgiveness. So Peter coming to uh, next to Jesus and standing next to him when he got the moment, he asked Jesus, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Of course you can. Um, How many times do I need to forgive? And he brought a number, seven. (laughs) And... um, I think might be a perfect number, you know, it's an amazing thing. So I'm thinking, could be, he already have forgiven six times with someone else, you know. So he's waiting for an opportunity, Jesus said, bang, seven, you know. After that, he can react wonderfully because God gave the liberty and the freedom to do that one. Unfortunately, Jesus collapsed his plan. Jesus said, seven, seventy times. This morning, we are having to have some good mathematics lessons, you know. (laughs) 770 times. I don't know whether he was excited to hear that one, or he was completely disappointed. The same way, when some people came to Jesus and asked, is it lawful to pay tax to Caesar? You know, he asked, bring a coin. Look at one side. What do you see? Or the sign of Caesar. And he said, give... That to Caesar, what belongs to Caesar? I wish if he said in the other way, you know, don't worry. We are belongs to the kingdom of God. Don't pay any tax. It will be wonderful every March, you know, if you're not getting any, any, any slip from the, from the government saying you need to pay this much tax back. I don't know how many of you are excited. Oh, praise the Lord. Jesus told me to give it back. No, we are quite, oh my goodness, I need to pay it back. But Jesus said, give what belongs to the government. And give what belongs to Jesus belongs to God. The same way, God is saying it's not about the number. It's not it's not about how many times, legalistically. Or if you're thinking, okay, one, two, three, four, five, I I, will, I I am I'm going to finish here, then I can do whatever I want. But Jesus was dealing with the heart. It's not about the number. When you can forgive someone from your heart, Jesus replied, "I do not say to you seven times, but." 70 times 7. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle account with his servants. Then he's suddenly moving to a parable in order to explain the importance of forgiveness. How important it is. Then he starts saying this parable. In NIV and ESV using the same word the kingdom of heaven. Some people can be confused with the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. Don't be confused. Both are the same. Uh, Jesus is using kingdom of heaven sometimes. Sometimes he is using kingdom of God. He's absolutely talking about one thing. Kingdom of heaven. Maybe compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. How many of you use talents now? No, we don't use that one. We always use sterlings, pounds, or even I use now uh, bucks, you know. Okay, or uh, that's in America. Here we use 10 quid or, ten, you know, so 10,000 quid. So in order to understand, I'm going to a slide. Then you will understand how much that really mean. Okay, that's pretty good. I, I, I told you, you know, we are going to have a very good mathematics lesson this morning. Okay, one talent equal to 60 minutes. And one mina is equal to three months wages. One talent is equal to that means 16 to three, that 180 month wages. That equal to 15 years. I'm talking about one talent equal to 15 years of wage. You got it? Okay. So now we are talking about 10,000 talents. Is everyone here now? <laughs> 10,000 talents. That means 150,000 years of wage. Many times when I was reading, oh, it's talking about 10,000 kudos, 10,000 rupees in Indian context. Oh, nothing. I can pay it back. Jesus, don't be silly, you know. Nah, no, when I was calculating, when it's getting bigger and bigger, I was struggling to read how much is, who, who, who wants to go for that? What's the number there? Oh, uh, see? We are that. 2 billion, Two billion two hundred and fifty million pounds. No, praise the Lord. <laughs> it's a huge amount. It's impossible. One person will can live eighty years or one twenty years, but in his lifetime he may work thirty years or forty years. He's talking about one hundred and fifty thousand years of wages. It's huge if you go to the next one. I was offering a you know, so the next one is a 500 pounds so when we read down we can understand that one 10,000 salad. and since he could not pay His master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment paid to payment to be made so the servant fell on his knees imploring him have Patient with me, and I will pay you everything. What? Do you know what are you talking about? He's saying I'm going to. I will pay you everything. Maybe, he didn't go to college or something, you know. So forgive him, you know. Thankfully, Master understood the seriousness of the debt. Without understanding the depth. Without understanding what he owe, without understanding the weight of the responsibility, he's simply saying without thinking anything, I will pay you everything, give me a chance. But this master knew it is impossible. Even if you work 24-7, 365 days or 20 years, it's, this is 100, 150,000 150, years of wages. Man, it is impossible to pay back. It is impossible. But he's saying, oh give me, give me a chance. I will do it. I will pay, pay you. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him And forgave him the debt. He said, I'm going to pay. The master didn't say, okay, go and try. No, the master knew it is impossible for him to pay it back. It is impossible because the master knew about the debt. The weight and the seriousness of the things is dealing with The same way when we say something we may not understand how miserable how how serious things are there, but Our master God can really understand how serious it is He won't say okay. You said that one well, go and do it now when he sees We are in danger. When he sees, there is no escape. When he sees, there is no absolute choice for you to make. That is the time. He moved with compassion. But he knew, even if you say you are going to pay it, we can't do it. So the master moved with compassion. But when the same servant went out, here we go, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him, a hundred denarii. Again, this complicated terminology is coming again and again. Denarii means, if you say hundred sil- silver, po- you know, s- silver coin is just a hundred silver coins, you know. So one denarii is one day of wages. So a, for example, if it is 50 pounds, I know some people make it 200 or 150, just go for the lowest one, or, or the, the middle one, average one, F- 50 pounds you earn. And 150 is, is equal to 5,000. So this is this is the thing, you know. The master forgave him 2 billion, 250 million pounds. Now you're free to go. The same time, the same day. On the way, he met his brother, the fellow servant, and stopped him. You owe me 5,000 quid. And he choked him. I don't want to do that illustration here. I won't encourage you to do that in your home either, you know. But what happened? The response was seizing him. He began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him the same way he pleaded with his master have patience with me, I will pay you. That is a reasonable amount. 5,000, it is possible, if you work, you can pay it back. You can work and pay it back. 5,000 five thousand is nothing. If you have good health, if you have a good job, if you work hard, you can pay it back within a year or two years, you know. But his response was very, very sad and cruel. He refused Even he didn't give any chance. He refused. And went and put him in prison. Until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that. Had taken place. They were greatly distressed. And then went and reported to their master. All that had had taken place. Then his master summoned him. And said to him. You Wicked servant. I forgave you. You didn't ask for forgiveness. You said you're going to pay it. But I knew it is impossible for you to pay it back. But by knowing the depth of the debt you you owe me, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as i had mercy on you that's the point you didn't understand what i did you didn't you didn't get the point how serious uh, how 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 miserable situation you were you missed that one you completely missed the point what i have done for you within seconds within minutes within hours your response to your fellow servant is very, very bad. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailer until he should pay all his debt. It's impossible. He can't come out because it's a uh, the same. is very serious. So 35 is very, very important one. So also my heavenly father will do every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Amen. Now praise the Lord. Amen. In this postmodern generation, it is possible to talk about God and His miracle to an extent. Miracles, people say, yeah. Trinity, people say, that's not that complicated. If you explain it properly, people may agree. But the point, the clash comes when you talk about a word called sin. Oh, that's the time. Miracle? Great. Wonders? Great. Trinity? Explain me. Logically? Theologically? Philosophically? I will sit and listen. I will agree with you. But sin is a hard subject. Not only in non-believing or non-Christian context. Everywhere. Because that is a serious thing. There is no solution for that except through the forgiveness from Jesus. That's the time people do have, have friction with us. 17th century, there was a great evangelist called George Whitfield. How many of you heard about him? If you are not familiar, don't worry. His name is John Whitfield. Okay. Even you don't want to remember it after this message. He preached 3,000 messages in 3 years. No, 5,000 messages in 3 years from John chapter 3, verse 16. God so loved the world. And his message was, You must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Ever, everywhere, it will be pretty boring, you know. Very, if you are following, if you are his PA, or uh, you know, just like uh, assisting him. My goodness, everywhere, you know. I know, maybe at some point, people will just preach. Wickliffe, you sit there. Uh, uh, I will preach it, because I know it by heart. One time, one gentleman was really bored about his preaching and talked to him. George, you've been preaching about you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Everywhere, everywhere from John three sixteen. Why are you preaching about uh, uh, you must be born again, again and again? Then George Whitfield said, because you must be born again. <laughs> There's no other answer for that one. In the same way, There is no other substitution for forgiveness. Because when you think about what kind of forgiveness we have received. When you look at the depth and the width and the height of his forgiveness. That God demonstrated in our life. That will automatically make you. I won't say pressure or force. Out of love. You will release that forgiveness. Because. When I'm thinking about my situation. The depth and the seriousness of my sin. Without paying anything. Jesus died for me. And forgave my sins. So here. Jesus is talking about the parable related to the kingdom of heaven. And he was talking about the. The servants, and he was explaining how serious it was. Gospel is fundamentally an announcement. It is not just about God is or what He might do. About what God, it is about what God has done in the history. At the cross, He said, "Testa testa it's a, like it is finished. Some people think, okay, being a Christian is like um, accepting Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And Jan mentioned about foundation course. Then you gradually, you gradually, no. It's finished. That's been done. At the cross, through his death and his resurrection, he completely, fully, wholly paid for your price. And he completely saved you. But through a discipleship course, you are just seeing the majesty and glory. (laughs) You're understanding the depth of your forgiveness. Through that, you can love God more. You can worship Him more. That will enable you to forgive others. God is not going to expect you to be completely, fully perfect then and there. But he wants, you, he wants you to grow by understanding what He has done for us. The gospel is not good advice on how to reach up to God. Rather, it is a declaration about what God has already done to reach down to us amen oh, i'm going a bit charismatic i think <laughs> I, when i'm when i reading the scriptures especially this morning service when people brought the prayer Sarah was reading the scripture and the different things and the songs tom was leading oh my goodness the amount of God's love and His patience and His compassion and His, and the demonstration of His love at the cross, oh, it's overwhelming. Just for me. <laughs> Just for me, you know. God did everything for me. Not because I'm pretty smart. Not because I have a pretty Indian skin. It's not because I'm married once. I have a wonderful wife. It's nothing to do with me. His mercy and his compassion. It's not because I'm a good Christian or I'm doing reading Bible every day praying this much now. It's absolutely solely work of God. So all glory belongs to Jesus. I can say 1996 April 14. I received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Good blessing. Now, Jesus accepted you into His family. There's nothing wrong. I'm don't bring complication. You know, when you say that one, yes, God, God, okay, God will accept that one. But actually, it's the work of the Holy Spirit because He knew that I can't pay back the debt. I can't pay back for the misery. It is. Really, really serious. So Jesus was using to understand the seriousness of, the, of the, the forgiveness. When he was using 2 billion, 250 million pounds, then you know, oh yeah, that's a pretty big number, that one. Maybe that's the maximum we can easily understand, you know. Even we struggle, oh, how much that one, you know, the beginning. It is very, very serious. If you go to Hinduism, I born and brought up in India. It's a wonderful country you must visit. Hinduism is one of the largest um religion there. They what they believe through incarnation, if you do good now, you will become a better animal or human the next next time, you know. So if you're a nice aunt now, not biting any human, be gentle with your wife, take care of all the children, and having a wonderful holiday from Encliffe Park to Chef, you know, other corner, without crushing, taking care of your children, uh, you know, keeping away from the boot of the human horrible man, then next time, you will become a elephant. <laughs> You'll become an elephant. The next life, if you're a nice elephant, I don't know, where's the next one? <laughs> you will go for a better one. And at the end, you can become a Brahman. That's the highest class and the caste in India. You will reach the top. If you're a Brahman, that means in your previous life, you were pretty good. So be careful, Brahman. If you're a miserable one, you can go back to a spider next time. So people are going to pilgrimage, doing something to to reach God, but, but is different, absolutely different. Islam says, uh, Do you know how are you sure? Are you going to heaven? He'll say, Inshallah. I don't know, only God knows. I don't have any guarantee. I'm doing everything. I'm doing saqaf. I'm doing this one. I'm going to Mecca. I'm doing everything how sure are you about your salvation? are you sure you're going to meet with God? They will say instantly without thinking anything, inshallah, that means I'm not sure, I don't have any clue, only God knows. But Christianity is different. What Jesus has done on the cross is different. He was not asking us to reach Him. He knew that it is impossible for us to reach and touch Him. So that is the reason why He came down and rescued me. It's good news about an historical event that changes everything. Shall we say it together? Changes everything. changes everything. 250 people? Ch- changes everything. Amen. That's pretty good, you know. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The only means for human to be forgiven and redeemed. I have experienced that in India. People rolling miles and miles without any cloth for salvation. Walking miles and miles to mountains, bare feet for salvation. Himalayas, Himalayas people stand on their one leg three years, four years for salvation Everyone is trying to achieve but they are missing the greatest forgiveness has demonstrated at Calvary You can't do it Two million two hundred fifty billion pounds It is impossible for you. That is why the master forgave everything and release you fully, holy, completely. He said, it is finished. You are free. You can't achieve it through work. It is absolutely the work of Jesus Christ through his death and his resurrection. Amen. Ephesians 5-2. If I'm going beyond two o'clock, somebody. Oh, come on. Ephesians 5-2. And walk in love as Christ, oh, again, the word Christ loved us. Without that. And gave himself, oh, for us. So if you remove Christ, it's like a, for example, that 250, uh, 2 billion 250, he just removed The 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 even numbers or odd numbers, you know, there's nothing there. Just zeros. Right? Thousands of millions of zeros and put one at the beginning. It's a big number. You know, we invented zeros, Indians. I know you're not happy. You're quite, I think, British, you know, proud now, you know. The same way, even if you have anything without God, nothing, there is no meaning, there is no value. But Christ came and died for us and he gave us the meaning, origin, morality and destiny. Hinduism, you can't see that one. Islam, you can't see that one. But in Christianity, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, I know where I'm coming from. I know what is the meaning of life. I know what does it mean by morality. Postmodernists say, there is no absolute. But I will say, there is absolute here. That is Jesus. I can always refer to someone, that is Jesus. Forgiveness? Yes. The ultimate forgiveness being been demonstrated through the Calvary. I can always go back. Through his life and this resurrection, he gave me the meaning for my origin, morality and destiny and the meaning in my life. As we walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, Christ loved us and gave himself up for us fragrant offering and sacrifice to God that is horizontal. That is horizontal. What is vertical? Jesus died to satisfy God's justice and wrath. Jesus died for God to satisfies God's justice and wrath. Horizontal, vertical, and horizontal. Vertical and horizontal. That's the way it works. I have a wonderful relationship with God, but I hate that person. No, it won't work. I'm trying to have a wonderful relationship with these people, to have a relationship with... No, that is karma. That is legalism. Through work, you are achieving God. God already demonstrated. He planted, He placed the greatest pillar to sustain the whole universe. Without that sacrifice, nothing will exist. We have a responsibility, vertically And horizontally the master forgave his debt servant when you understand the seriousness of your debt you will automatically genuinely wholeheartedly you will forgive because the master just done something pretty big for you amen okay i'm going to read some of the scripture don't worry about that one maybe I think he will try to catch me, but don't worry. 2 Corinthians 5.19 That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not to counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. The reconciliation was done through his death and his resurrection. Without Christ, no reconciliation. After reconciling us, he's giving us that message to communicate to other people, be reconciled with God. We are carrying that message because we experience that. Romans 5, eight, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians four thirty to thirty two, we can see that one. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness—it is something serious. It's not about not just talking about stealing or, or 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 doing something mad or killing. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Bitterness. and wrath and anger and clamor and slander to be put away from you along with all malice be kind to one another can we say it together be kind to one another not only to your wife not only someone you love but to be kind to anyone everyone tender hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, the referring point always go back to, to cross. Christ died for you. God reconciled you. That is why you can do it. Not because of your muscle power. Not because of you are mentally, physiologically or psychologically trying to do something. You can do it because Jesus has done a great work in you, you are just demonstrating and releasing that fragrance. That's it. You don't need to go for a course to do that one. Okay, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to say hundred times. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. No, you can't do that one. Can you force your wife to love you? Somebody thinking, can I really? You may think you did that, you can't force them to love. Maybe you can force them to kiss you, but you can't force them to love. It should come from the heart. The same way forgiveness should come from your heart. I'm going to go to Thomas Watson's a uh, brilliant quote. Then we will go through the practical application. Then I'm going to finish very quickly. Then we can have a time of prayer. As we strive against all thoughts of revenge, when we will not do enemies mischief, but wish them well to them, grieve at their calamities, pray for them, seek reconciliation with them, and show ourselves ready on all occasions to relieve them. Thomas Watson put all these things together with biblical principles. I'll go one by one. So I'll read it again. When we strike against all thoughts of revenge, that's the time unforgiveness. People did something wrong to us. We were cheated by someone. They talk something against us. Backbiting. Abused. Physically tortured. Trapped. Wrong allegation against us. We never received love. So the, the list is, can go bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. When we strive against all thoughts of revenge. You can name it. Don't write it now. You will need more paper. So don't waste that one. Can go. From your birth. Even from the womb of your mother. All kind of things. It's a big list. That is the time when we will not do our enemies mischief. But wish them well to them, wish well to them, grieve at their calamities, pray for them, seek reconciliation with them, and show ourselves ready all on occasion, re- relieve them. Resist the thoughts of revenge. Romans 12, 19 says, Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. It is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. That belongs to God. Let it live to God. Don't seek to do mischief. Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 say, see that no one repays another with evil for evil. That's our natural tendency. That's our natural tendency. That's the way we are created, you know, sinfully. That came from our grand, 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 great, great, great Adam and Eve. They try to accuse each other. Giving responsibility to another person. Oh, it's not me. That person. It's not me. He did that one. Did one. This, no, never never take the responsibility. Absolutely, unforgiveness is part of my character. I'm struggling with that. God, come and help me to forgive others and to come out from this bondage. Just simply admitting. Simply recognizing. Muhammad Ali was traveling in a flight. You might have heard this, uh, uh, story before. And the flight, uh, Momonelli, the boxer, you know. I mean, you know, you know, the Olympic champion. And the, uh, the the flight was about to take off. Uh, the the flight attendant or the air hostess came and said, sir, can you put the seatbelt on? Then he said, Superman doesn't need no seatbelt. Then she said, Superman doesn't need no aeroplane either. Some people, sometimes we try to say, oh, I don't need that one. I can justify. I can prove it. Because I'm right. I'm right always. And you can spend hours and years and months thinking how strong you are. How righteous you are. But that is not going to help the situation. It is going to increase the baggage. What will happen, the baggage, if it is increased and increased and increased? There must be a pretty good photo for a horse. And uh, almost... Uh, uh, that will be the situation. <laughs> Putting everything, you know. Then you will be on the air, you know. We can't move forward. If I put all the things, all the bitterness, all the anger, all the frustration into my life, I I will be there, I can go, I'm thinking, I'm moving. But you're not going anywhere. Emotionally drained, broken, rejected. The other end, Christ and his cross. Demonstrating the ultimate forgiveness. But here, we are trying to justify ourselves and saying, I was right. I can prove it. But we are missing the great joy and the great celebration, the great victory, and the great harmony with God and people. If we are in a... Very bad situation because of our unforgiveness. Why Jesus is making it a big deal? Because it's a pretty big thing. This can drain us. You can, the, the devil will always use this kind of tools to Take our joy away. Take our relationship away. To break it. Even I was, uh, 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 you know, just uh, uh, politically you might be labor or conservative or Lib Dem or Green Party or anything. That's all I can name. I know that's all. Okay. Um, uh, at the day Margaret Thatcher died, then the, I, I picked the first. We can never forgive her. When I was reading inside... I cannot forgive her for what she did to Sheffield even in death. I'm not justifying your supporting conservative party of Margaret Thatcher. When I'm not forgiving, who is losing? That's the point. She's gone. But I'm still Actually, when you are not forgiving, you are putting more things. She might be right or wrong. You can agree or disagree. That's a different political view. But with your heart, with your mind, how do you deal with that kind of circumstances? Are you going to put that baggage in your back? and and carrying this every day i did then in my life when my uh, when we got married in 2008 because i married to a white woman my many of my friends didn't come for my wedding praise the lord they are born again christians glory it broke me i took that baggage oh i forget I forgot my baggage. Uh, Can you take my? Oh, sorry, sorry. That's mine. I don't want you to. You're my lovely life. I will deal with my baggage. (laughs) This is mine. I took this to Cambodia. Completely broken. Struggling to talk to my wife because whenever I remember, it's painful. My dear friends didn't come for my wedding. It's getting heavier and heavier, heavier and heavier. At one point, God opened my eyes. Son, when you're not forgiving, they are not losing anything. You are struggling to be in my presence. And you are struggling to understand what I have done for you in the cross, the ultimate forgiveness. That broke the chains in my life. Emotionally, that restored me. Relationship, joy, prayer life, spending time with people, everything be connected back. I was thinking, and forgiveness was torturing my life. But each time I was justifying myself, they were wrong. This morning, God is bringing light into your situation. Forgiveness is not approving or approval of what people did. Sometimes people think, oh, I can't, I can't approve with that one. Okay, that's fine. Forgiveness is different from that. Gee, God never approved our sins. He never. In the Garden of Eden, He didn't say, that, oh, that's fine. No. He dealt with it. There were consequences. But at the other end, he clothed him. He he accepted him. He opened the ways, you know. He moved with compassion. Forgiveness is not excusing what they did. This is the thing. We can be confused. Oh, oh bless him. it's It's a pretty serious thing I'm going through. You can say these kind of things. But actually, forgiveness is not excusing. Forgiveness is ultimately accepting what they did but. Praying and releasing your heart in your hand of God. And enjoying God's presence. And releasing that person. They can be right or wrong. Moses. And Lord said to Moses. How long will these people despise me? How long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs I have done among them. I will strike them with the you know, Palestinians. And I will do all kind of miserable things. But. Moses never said, oh, God, 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 they're, they're, they, they, they're, 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 pretty good. They are doing good so far. No, he said, yes, God, they are pretty bad, but will you have compassion on them? Will you have mercy upon them? How response when people badly treated our life? Two response, revenge or forgiveness? God, I know it's painful, but I'm praying and blessing them because only you can heal my heart. I'm releasing myself in your hand. It's not justifying what they did. Forgiveness may or may not end up in reconciliation. Reconciliation is a very important word, very serious word. We should reconcile with God. Husband and wife, reconciliation is very, very important. When you went to the holiday or somewhere else, you had a problem with some person somewhere, but you didn't get the chance to reconcile with them. You don't need to go and search them on Facebook for reconciliation. That's a different situation. But wholeheartedly, just forgive them and ask for God's grace and mercy in your life. It may not end up in a reconciliation, but it is very important to reconcile serious relationship Especially with God and husband and wife with children, that kind of situation. Do you know what I mean? There are degrees. Some cases rec- reconciliation is very important. Some cases reconciliation is not possible. Especially people already dead. Psychic Sally will say, "Oh, oh you may not know her." Recently, I was walking through the you know uh, that city center. I was said uh, there is a lady with a uh, nice glass and say say. say she talks to dead people and say, and you can have reconciliation with them. Oh, George is saying this one. Matthew is saying, things. honey, don't worry. No, it's impossible. One, one, one person is dead, it's gone. You can't connect with them. You can't talk to them. That means you can't reconcile with a dead person. Only thing you can do, God. It is painful, it is heartbreaking, there is unforgiveness in my heart. Would you please, because you are alive, you are my master, you can take it away. And I'm releasing my heart and hand towards you. And you're free. Because he can do it, because he is the author of and the finisher of ultimate forgiveness. He can do it. And you live freely enjoying God's presence with people and with God. It's not denying what they did. Forgiveness without payment. I'm going to conclude very quickly. I'm going to finish it. Forgiveness without pain. When someone truly offend us, we have two choices as I mentioned before. We can either exact revenge and make them one of who has wronged us to pay or we can forgive them by absorbing the pain of the hurt ourselves. I mean, to explain a bit more. Whether through revenge or forgiveness, someone always pay for injustice. Even if it's painful. Someone always pays for the injustice. Jesus paid for us. Sometimes people think, did Jesus took to the World Bank and took some money out and paid to someone to, you know, or it's like a financial transaction all like that. For example, I gave 500,000 pounds to Dan. Oh, I don't trust him. I'll give to someone else. I'll give to Dan. He owed me that money. One day, I understood he can't pay it back. Forgiveness means, Okay, Dan, I know that you can't give it back. But and completely taking that extra responsibility on my shoulder and releasing you free. Who paid the price? I paid the price. Any transaction? Nothing. I took the responsibility. That burden is on me now. I pay the price. When Jesus died for us, He placed Himself in our situation and He died for us. That means He absorbed, He took all our iniquities, He took all our pain, He took all our suffering, everything upon Him and He took the, He took the responsibility and said, you're free now. That's called Atonement or penal substitution. I'm not going to use different complicated words, you know. God placed himself for him. We are literally unable to repay all that is owed to God, but God in his great mercy sent Christ to absorb our debt, pay the penalty of our sin. This is what God has done for us in Christ. He could not simply forgive. He has to absorb our debt by substituting himself in our place. Like I did to Dan. I took the extra burden. The same way only God can do that one. Because the sin was huge. It's massive. Like the two billion. The creator became the debtor. When we forgive someone, we are not going to choose, we are not going to keep any wrong recordings. When we open this, he did that, 1996, we do keep records. For what? To refer it again and again and again. Why do we keep bank statement? To go back and go through. But love never keeps records. Completely gone. You can remember that, but it never keep any record. It's not we are living in a uh, like a uh, utopian situation. Yeah, no. you know you, you can remember that, but you know that God enabled you to forgive, no record, refusing to punish and to be gracious and compassionate. Let me conclude. Through this parable, Jesus is showing, Jesus was showing the amount of debt he forgave to that servant. And sometimes we are struggling to forgive for simple things to others. When we understand the depth, the seriousness of the sin we bore. And the death of the sacrifice Jesus has died or He, He died in the cross and He took the dead. That's the time we can understand. Yes, God, you did a great and mighty thing for me. Here I am. Horizontally demonstrating your love. You might have a long genuine list. I'm not going to dig all the messy situation from your past and say, oh, listen, I was quite comfortable. You opened my baggage and made a big mess this morning. Sundays, I put it down. On the way back, I'll take it back. House group, I'll put it down. Looking forward to Friday to put it back. Looking for occasion to feel good, to get some excitement. No! God is asking us to completely get out of that and enjoy the freedom in Christ and celebrate. You do face this every day. You might have situation with from a father or mother, broken relationship, raped, abused, suffered because of someone else's problem, injustice, rejection, Long list only one thing, recognizing that and asking God, would you please come and help me to heal. Forgive them, release them, because when you remember the cross and his death and his resurrection, that is amazing. As far as the east from the west, he Father's remove our transgression for us. Let's close our eyes and pray.